Tiger Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021, and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahhairmd.com. All right, question of the day here. BYU getting ready to host Virginia. Bronco Mendenhall returns to Provo where he won 99 games for BYU over 11 years. What's the one thing you think of when we say Bronco Mendenhall? (laughs) He was a lightning rod while he was here. Absolutely. And the Utes fully embraced this question, I must add. I mean, I personally love the guy, but I know others didn't. Some of his own fan base didn't. True story. Tyler says, Whittingham domination. Later, but not early on. Early wait, on, wait, they wait. were splitting games. Okay. That could be Whittingham domination, meaning Whittingham dominated him. I think I, th- I took it that way. That's what I meant. I thought that's what they meant, actually. Okay. I, because I Whittingham dominated Mendenhall. Now, early on... You know, Kyle's team won the first game. Broncos team won the second game. That was the best of the rivalry. Yeah. Broncos team won the third game. Kyle's team won the fourth game. You know, back and forth it went. And and those first five games were all, well, uh, not 08 so much. That got broken open in the third quarter. But the other games, they, they were epic. The first game was overtime. But just the hatred. You're, oh, the intensity. You're getting caught up in stats and nuts and bolts. I no, don't I'm not. I'm getting caught up in games I mean, that went to the final play. You remember them all. You're yeah, lying. but I can't tell you 2008 was this game or that game. You can recall it as if it's right in front of you. I can say, yeah, I know Beck to Harleen, and I know a missed field goal, and I know an overtime pass, but I, gotta, I just can't recite them and assign the year. I just remember the vitriol. The hatred. I remember that, too. The disgust. I remember that, too. Those things are all true. That's way more fun to me. That's what I live for. <laughs> I like the games. <laughs> I like the games. I like, your games. I like the overtime last play. Oh, sure. the ball was just beyond his hands. I, I got it. But games are games, man. <laughs> Kyle having a hilarious lineup. The block. I told him he's going to go out there and block the field goal. Because, of course, I always tell him, I go, I just did it this time. <laughs> I love the... The contention. The loathing. The anger. The loathing is an excellent word. Yes. All those things that went into it. We had Ronnie Mack and Lavelle. Who hates those guys? No, they played an epic game and then went and shot a commercial. <laughs> hey, come on. Those, Which was hilarious. One of, us, one of them is gone and we miss him. The other one is just a treasure in our community. Ronnie Mack. Yep. Who doesn't like Ronnie Mack? Everybody loves him. When his time comes, which hopefully isn't for many, many years, uh, and we're allowed to have services, the line will be out the door. Yep. (laughs) And so you got those two guys that just buds did a radio show for uh, with Scotty for how long? Uh, Years. Yeah. And then everything changed. They did one thing together, that kidney foundation thing, and they were photoshopped into that ad. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it together. That's what a rivalry's about. I hate everything about them. They're classless. Oh, that's Max. <laughs> yeah, but that, was, that wasn't Kalani. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. You don't think that went hand in hand? 
I think yeah, there's a, a large degree. At I think least it did. minimally, there's a connection. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. There, there was a snowball effect there. Everybody's getting caught up in the rivalry. It was getting more intense. Fans got caught up in it. He didn't like how his family was treated. So, yeah, it's a big snowball effect. And I supported the way his family was treated wrongly. And no, then Mama Hall, well, I had heard stuff. That's why I asked the question, because yeah. I knew the backstory. And plus, I knew Max was one Not. of the greatest overachievers in BYU football history. And it had fueled him. Didn't have a big arm, wasn't a big kid, wasn't fast, but yet he was the winningest quarterback of all time at BYU. Now, he got to play in a lot of games because he started as a sophomore. He played one uh, end of the season with a grade two separated shoulder that they tried to keep quiet. I think he injured it in Wyoming. The guy was as tough as can be. And look at him now. He's battling back from intense personal issues, right? Addiction. That's serious, serious stuff. So, yeah, I had heard all that stuff. Maybe not every single bit, maybe not all of it, but I heard a lot of it, and I knew he was breathing fire. And so I asked a question. And then Mama Hall on the at Sammy Boyd Stadium comes up to me and gets in my face. And me being the ultimate gentleman... Chivalry is my middle name, Patrick C. Kinnan. <laughs> I just said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Hall, uh, that you okay. feel that way. Yeah. Sure, it's, it's on tape. You can look it up. Go back in your archives. Or did you, when you, when you guys uh, uh, asked me, did you just erase all my, all my stuff? Because I was holding a Channel 2 microphone. We had a Channel, channel 2 camera guy shooting it. Right nice. There. Yeah. I don't think it made the archives, would be my guess. Oh, yeah, because I knew I was never appreciated. If it didn't air, which I don't think it did. No, it didn't. Then we wouldn't have any archives. That's what's in the archives. Yeah, but you have, like, the... Not a lot of raw tape. Screwed up stuff, don't you? (laughs) The bloopers. What are they bloopers? That was what I was looking for. Thanks, yeah. Bloopers. Uh, Aaron says, uh, what do I think of when I hear uh, Bronco's name? Uh, The level of criticism usually matches the level of education of the coaches. Wait. He tweaked an old quote. Okay, I'm he trying tweaked, to figure. He tweaked an old coat, old quote. Where you fans are freaking stupid. That's what he just said. He's thinking about Bronco <laughs> going after fans. Aaron says, I think of the quest for awkward perfection. Again, tweaking an old quote. You have to admit there, especially when he got it going, which was very, very quick. He goes six and six, marvelous, unbelievable coaching job that first season. And then the next four years wins 43 games. For someone who was so wildly successful, he was never just universally embraced by his own fan base, which was weird in a way because you want your football team to win. You don't want them to be a bunch of uh, guys getting arrested like uh, Urban had. You want them to be decent people and you want them to win. And, And any team, your pro team, whatever team, you want them to be decent people, you want them to win. And BYU did that. But yet there was never that the level of adoration of yeah. love that there right. should have been. The level of adoration never matched the win percentage. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, Majerus was dumping on people left and right. And I know so many people, well, yeah, when he saw my son at the mall, he gave him a T-shirt. I get all that. But it doesn't take away from all, all the, the mistreatment. Yeah. But yet he was so beloved and people defended him to the nth degree. Ann says, my son was lucky enough to play for Bronco. We love and respect Bronco, and we loved our consistent 8 to 11 wins per season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
I'm not sure. I don't recognize the name McLaughlin as a football player, so I'd have to look it up in terms of when he played there. Was he a punter? Punter, yeah. Yeah. Kicker or punter. Yeah. That's the best I can come up with, but I'm not sure when he actually was a a kicker or punter, Uh, so I don't know. But, yeah, he— they they sure they sure won, man. Brooks says quest for perfection. They didn't do it that year, but the Utes did. And of course, his avatar is red and says BBYU. Well, they did then if they got their quest for perfection. Uh, Steve just cuts to the chase and says, "I think of a great coach." Okay, all right, a lot of winning. Larry says he fixed a mess of a program and helped promote faith and toughness. True. Didn't get as much run. Maybe he didn't do it in the later times, but when he was a defensive coordinator, the whole toughness thing on a cold day, he'd be out there in a simple T-shirt well, and shorts. Uh, Croton was ticked at the team maybe his last year. Uh, they they were scheduling classes or something in the afternoon, uh, so they couldn't have a spring practice. So he moved it up and had it in the morning. And they were like literally snow plows were snow, moving the it was snow late off. February, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. It started in February, and Bronco shows up at six a.m. in shorts and a t-shirt and a whistle and a cap. Toughness. <laughs> no excuses. Which is ironic that he and Kyle were not best of friends or not even close because there was Kyle, some stuff in common. He personifies toughness. No, I think it's all just a, you know, it's a front because I think he's very, soft. very soft. You call him very soft. soft, very soft, very tender. Hoping this gets back to him. <laughs> I don't care if it gets back to him. I speak the truth when it comes to him. You know, he just uh, you know loves cooking, loves the theater. You know what I mean? I just saw a new one, Travis. I think of position mastery. Nice. That's that was a stilted mobility elements position mastery. They play like they're prepared. Jared, we got to execute at a high level. Ex- ex- yeah, he did say that. I think, too, my own interpretation is I think he got caught up, in a sense, in his own greatness. Because he took virtually the same roster. Right. Goes 6-6 six and six the next year. The following year, goes 1-2 and two and then doesn't lose again. And then just destroys Oregon, right? So you had that going on there. And I think he thought, hey, I'm really good. I can coach up anybody. And that led to the, hey, let's not have any more of this four-star, five-stuff, number one ranking. Yeah, because they're entitled. Right. And you recruit us. He hated that. You recruit us. We don't recruit you. And he goes down that road. He hated any sense of entitlement. Just because that's not who he was. Right. He had to go the JC route. He had to battle. BYU wouldn't take him, but he battled and got into the Pac-10. Yeah, yeah. And you, you are, uh, to an extent, your background. I mean, when they hired Ty Corbin, I did a like a 100-inch piece on him, 100 inches in a newspaper. Like five uh, times which, a normal story. Which is, I wasn't working for the newspaper at the time, but we did it on the internet here, mm-hmm. so it didn't matter. But, you know, he talked about how every year he'd come to camp and had to battle some rookie for his job, and he'd beat him out. And it, it got under his skin. Like, wait a second, I've proven myself, but you keep getting somebody thinking this player XYZ, what about me? And so then he was reluctant to, to do that. To play rookies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not going to hype up this rookie <laughs> right. and take away this veteran's gig. Because he had gone through it himself about having to 
fight to make a roster and Ty Corbin for a role player in the role player form, he had an excellent career. And he lasted a great number of years by being a role player. Sloan loved the guy. You can see why. And so your reflection of a lot of what you've gone through in your life makes sense, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Joe says, a little odd, but his players love playing for him. He has my respect. I think there's a lot of truth to that one. Oh, for sure. He was a little odd. Yeah. His players, when you talk to him, they did love playing for him. I respect him immensely. I respected him so much or in the time I was covering him. And it's no accident that he's gone to Virginia and built them up. If I could describe one word in Bronco, it would be deep. I think he's a very deep man. He's a deep thinker. And he has a purpose for what he's trying to do. I I don't know that he could ever coach at an Alabama-type place. No, because you got to have the five stars. And I don't know that that would mesh. Right. Because when you've been told when you you're was, an NFL kid from the time you're 12, 13, <laughs> that, it just doesn't, that right. doesn't sit well because that's not who Bronco was. He, he, would have to be, he would have to figure out how to um, deal with the entitlement, which he would face. Maybe it would be easier to place that had overwhelming entitlement everywhere because I think those coaches do have to deal with it, and some of them deal with it poorly. But who was it? It was, um, it was Leach, I think, who was just talking about Saban. Saying, I'm impressed with the way he recruits the best guys, but he coaches them all hard. And maybe there is something to when everybody is entitled, you can say, guys, you're all five stars. You all think you're going to the NFL, and only 22 you're going to start, so you're going to have to work hard. Sure. You're all super gifted physically. I was thinking beyond the football, though. Mm. I was thinking the amount of attention that comes with being yeah. the Alabama coach. And all the boosters. He doesn't like that. No, you're right about that. All the boosters who have their hands in the program and that. Ugh. Right. He doesn't that's just not who he is. Yeah, not so much the entitled players, but all the entitled people around him. And the program. every word Saban says yeah. is news. I, but he would he, that's he must feel smothered. I'm not in Alabama, I don't know. But he must feel smothered now. He, he must he he actually revels in it, I suppose, but we know Bronco doesn't. And that's what he had here. Right. All right, DJ and PK coming up. We're talking Virginia with Mike Barber, ACC writer for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We'll get the lowdown on the Cavs and BYU at 8 o'clock. Lincoln Kennedy is talking Pac-12 and Raiders at 8.30. And we're talking NBA with Brian Geltziler, founder of HoopsCritic.com at 9 o'clock. Right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.